Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones, and we're going to go on a little bit different route in this conspiracy caravan today. I have somebody that um, I found out about through Brandon, through Expanding Minds podcast. And ever since I found out about this wonderful, wonderful soul, um, I've, I've just been like, posting her stuff and really resonating with things that she said so i asked her to come on and ladies and gentlemen we have her it's amanda ray she has came on the white Rabbit podcast what is that yes thank you so much hi yeah i'm super excited to be here i said i'm super uh yeah i can just tell right away we were kindred spirits so i'm excited about this talk yes definitely so um the reason you came up is because I was doing a podcast where it was kind of like a roundtable talk and um, he had mentioned psychedelics and a buddy of mine who also does a podcast um, knows that I've been um, battling with alcoholism and mm. I never felt like AA was for me. However, I have uh, two roommates that are in NA and swear by NA and they're yeah. like, alcohol is a drug. We don't, we don't consider any other drug different than another drug, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they convinced me to go and I go and I totally like resonated with the person that gave a talk. So I was like, this is awesome. I actually felt something from it and everything. So I kept going back and then I got a sponsor and my sponsor was like, how many days have you been clean? And I'm like, oh, uh, eight days, no alcohol and like two days, no weed. And he was like, Mm -hmm. so you've been clean for two days. And I was like, Oh no, dude. Uh, weed is not a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyways, I knew kind of right then, fuck, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to try to give it my 90 days. At least I didn't make 90 days, but Mm -hmm. I was on the podcast and I asked him how he felt about psychedelics. Cause I heard about that as an alternative. Yes. And he told me about you. So here you are. And I totally want to know about your story with this. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And good job for any of the time that you tried to better yourself, right? Because ultimately, that's all that matters. And I think those should be the only days that we're counting, really. Um, So yeah, I am a psychedelic integration coach is really that's the title. Um, I specialize in alternative recovery, because of my own path to recovery was with psychedelic medicines. Um, I was hopelessly addicted to heroin for eight years. Um, but that was honestly, as we know, like that was just the tip of the iceberg. That was the physical manifestation of what was going on underneath energetically and spiritually. Right. Um, 
So, yeah. So, so on top of like, you know, the heroin addiction, I was diagnosed with like bipolar, depression, anxiety, PTSD, you know, ADHD, like whatever they could do to, you know, all of the things were wrong and broken about me, you know, apparently. Of course. So essentially, um, eight years ago, I started my journey. I was introduced to a medicine known as Ibogaine. Um, so Ibogaine is the synthetic compound found in the Iboga root. So Iboga and Ibogaine are technically the same medicine. Ibogaine is just a more synthesized, powerful aspect of it. Um, so, and Ibogaine is known all over the world for the work that it does with addiction, um, especially with addiction because of its ability to reset your body and mind to the space that it was at prior to addiction. Um, it's very popular because you can use this substance going into it already taking a substance, right? Like we're like with ayahuasca, you want like the ayahuasca diet for a month. You want like there's certain steps you need to take. And that's the thing is many people can't even get to that point. They can't get to the point where they're the clean vessel to do this thing. So there's a lot of different medicines that, that Ibogaine can work through and with. And so um, essentially, you don't withdraw afterwards. Like you don't feel like you're on top of the world necessarily, right? Like your whole body has just been reset. You feel exhausted, but also like you have energy at the same time. Um, but you don't withdraw. It's definitely, it's not the same thing. So it saves us that pain. So, um, so how does somebody go about getting it? Do you just uh, call up your buddy and say, hey man, you yeah. plug on Ibogaine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Call up that yeah, the, the local guy in the street. No, it is definitely something, especially right now, it is still highly illegal in the United States. They Again, like I said, they use it all over the world. I work with what I do feel like is, is the best clinic that I've found so far, the best retreat so far, which is located in Cancun. Um, and I'm just going to plug them because people need to know a good place to go for this. And that's uh, it's called Ibogaine Riviera Maya. Um, yeah, so it took me a long time to find a place that actually you could tell were about helping people. You weren't just like a number to get you in the door and out the door. Um, so this is something, this is definitely not a medicine to take lightly. It's not like doing mushrooms. It's not like doing acid. Um, it will show you aspects of yourself in in ways that you really want to be able to be with somebody that can hold space, especially if you are coming off of substances, you want to be able to be with like a medical staff, you know, should anything, you know, start to happen, blood pressure, wise, just anything like that. It's going to make you feel safer anyways, to be able to surrender to the medicine. Um, and not just that, you know, like most places with Ibogaine, you go there for one week, you get one flood dose, no matter what you're going for. Um, so just make sure wherever you're picking that the location offers more than one dose, um, especially if you are getting off of any substance. You want to give your body the adequate amount of time to really like integrate and process this medicine. This place in Cancun, they um, they actually take in patients and they work with you through this process. Um, mm. while they, admi they administer these, um, I don't know how, what you would call them, rituals? Yep. 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 Exactly. And um, actually, so the place that I work with too does offer a few other medicines. They work with some local medicine men and women in the area and have mushroom ceremonies, bufo ceremonies, which is uh, 5-MAOI DMT, very powerful, powerful DMT essentially. Um, 
Yeah. And the, the beautiful thing is, so the retreat that I work for, all three of the owners actually used the medicine to change their lives, to overcome addiction. And that's what's very apparent and obvious, right? Like my experience, while clearly it works, like, you know, wouldn't take anything back because it's what helped me see that I needed to be a coach, right? Because after my experience, which again was a week long, one flood dose, they're like, here's your self-induced ego death. Now go figure it out, right? So I had nobody to talk to. I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? So again, like I said, fortunately, that's what helped me get led to coaching and be like, I really want to be somebody people can come to for afterwards. But then of course, I wanted to find a place that had aspects that I knew were missing from mine, if you will. And the biggest one to me was um, just that the, the place that I work with actually includes three sessions of aftercare in the price, which is huge because most places don't even talk about it. They're like, have a plan, but like, no idea what that even means, you know? Right. So yeah, so that's just, yeah, a couple of ways that they set apart. Well, that is freaking awesome. And that is very, um, it's, it's like eye candy, like walking by a candy store for me. Yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time, so the only time I've ever taken psychedelics, I was, it was uh, a lot longer, a long time ago. Yeah. And I had like the worst experience of my life. So mm -hmm. I was by myself, not necessarily by myself, but I took it by myself. Yeah. Um, I was married at the time and my wife had just had a baby and uh, we got it from our neighbor and he was like, yo, these are boomers, boomers. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Cool. And then she was like, you have to eat the whole thing in order to get in order to get like the full effect. And I was like, OK. And I had no idea what the like. Yeah. So I ate the entire bag. And anyways, I ended up in the hospital because I thought I was going to die. And I totally. had no, no control of like coming back to reality. And I didn't like it like at yeah. all yeah so yeah what do you say to people like me that went through some crazy ass shit that like is open to trying it now like not to get fucked up and party but for a spiritual thing but i'm still scared yeah. shit that, like i'm gonna have like a oh shit i'm dying mode yeah amen brother i actually can totally relate um so my first time doing acid or any sort of psychedelic was the same thing. I thought I was being really cool and took like five hits of like insanely good acid and was tripping for two days. And so that was my initial fear to going into Ibogaine was the next time I had done a psychedelic since then, right? So what I will tell you is starting your psychedelic journey off in such an intense way helps you <laughs> because you did survive it. Like, because you go into this and nothing because this, while it will be intense, is also guided. You're in a safe space. You are aware that you're around people that know what they're doing, which helps your body and mind relax in an entirely different way. Right. And while it is a flood dose, it's it's enough to give you an experience, but not enough to make you lose your mind like that amount of mushrooms does, right? Like, so I always looked at it as like my acid experience was something that helped me because it was something that I knew I could survive it. I knew I could come back, which just gave me a different peace of mind. Anytime I've done psychedelics since then, right? Was like, okay, I know it felt like I was dying, but I wasn't dying, you know? And like, I am safe. I, I can come back. And 
like I said, too, it is a flood dose where you'll have an experience, but it's more like a medium sized dose, right? Like you took a heroic dose of mushrooms, right? Like heroic dose. So you're not going to be taking a heroic dose of Ibogaine. It's, it's a medium dose. It's enough to give you an experience and to help you process the things you need to process, but not enough that it's going to scare you in that kind of a way, typically. Okay, good. That's good to know. <clears throat> now, yeah. Um, I've also seen you make videos um, talking about the difference between uh, microdosing and what was the other term that you used? Macro dosing. Macro yeah. dosing. So I'm yes. still an infant to this. So okay. okay, make fun of me all you want. But I'll, I love I'll, it. I'm going to question some of these terms. But yes, yeah, so um, through a sponsor that I have of the show, um, I can get uh, mushroom microdoses. And I don't know if going to Mexico is really in my budget at the moment. Yeah. So um, what do you think about trying to start off with that for that's what I have access to. What would you say to people like me about? Hey, man, I think that is huge. Um, I would especially say that I really love microdosing because your intention isn't to get high, right? Like, and that is what I've discovered is everything, right? Like, and that can be the difference between making weed, like we talked about weed, a medicine or a drug, right? If my intention is to escape reality all day, then that's what that's what I'm doing. I'm abusing this thing, right? If I, you know, personally, weed is something for me that like, I will take two hits out of at the end of the day, like, you know, it's more like a pat on the back. Like, yes, I busted my ass all day. I did my thing. You know, I did a really good job. Let me just take two tokes and just relax, you know? And it's more like a, like a, a nice reward rather than a way to check out. So microdosing is very similar um, in the sense that your intention is for healing. And so that in and of itself is going to make it be more healing. The thing that I love about, so this is how I compare them. And I think, I think you even saw this in my video. So it's like we're living our life in a block of ice, right? We're frozen in a block of ice. And this ice is created by our belief systems, our traumas, um, you know, just certain experiences, just different relationships. So it's created this block of ice and we are frozen. It feels like we are stuck because these subconscious mechanisms are, are driving our body. And we're trying to be like, hey, like I want to drive, give it back, you know, and we don't know how to do that. So with this block of ice, there's a few ways that we could go at it. <clears throat> so we could use something like microdosing, especially, especially when you combine it with breath work. And this is going to be like chipping away at that block of ice. And that's a lot for a lot of people. That's the comfortable pace. That's the comfortable speed, right? Some people like myself, I needed to take a freaking sledgehammer to that block of ice and just blast it wide open. But there's also that awareness then that you also just got living in a block of ice, right? So being as, as nice as the warmth is going to feel, it's also going to feel scary. And that's why a, a, like an integration coach like me is very helpful to help you kind of know what next steps to take, how to take these higher awarenesses and allow them to live in our body. Because I truly feel like knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in our body. So we have to figure out how to bring that into our reality. And I think microdosing is a much easier time at doing that. It just is going to be a longer process. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. somebody like me, like I've always been an adrenaline junkie. Like if I went to a rave, I would start out like, oh, I'm going to take two, two pills tonight. And I end up yeah. taking like eight, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, I've never been able to do anything like micro anything. It's always yeah. been in excess. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it would be worth it for me to maybe save up the money and do it the, the right way, just full blown go on. Like, probably not a good idea for me to just go get like acid. Right. And try to like, yeah. um, I mean, it's not going to not help. Right. Like it's not going to not help any psychedelic experience I've ever had, whether I was setting the right intention or not, whether it was a good trip or a bad trip or not, I got something from it. Um, you know, I definitely think like, again, you could still get a lot from the microdosing. It really depends on what's going on under the surface. Like, right. What are the subconscious mechanisms that are driving you, especially in a space of excess? What is making you not be satisfied with just feeling a nice buzz, right? Why do you have to be all the way gone? There's something, there's something there to look at. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go into that. Yeah. Myself or not myself. I'm interested in finding, if not you, somebody like you that may be closer to where I live or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, definitely the route for me to go for now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I ended up telling my sponsor, you know, like, yo, this isn't the route for me. Um, You know, I want to smoke weed basically. And yeah. (laughs) And how'd that go? (laughs) Well, he said, you know, um, we uh we refund your misery at the door for free so you know oh the slogans the fucking slogans right <laughs> yeah so, but he said he said let me know how that works out for you like seriously i want to know or whatever i yeah. mean and i find like some good things in the step work book so i'm gonna continue like going through it maybe not at his speed but like every once in a while <clears throat> go through it because i think there's some good shit in there amen yes However, like in the introduction in the book itself, it like straight up says like um, occultic and esoteric and like all this stuff. And I don't know, that was kind of a turnoff for me because I'm totally not like Freemason, like a Lester Crowley like type of person. Yeah, right, right. Totally, totally. And it's interesting because it does say that, but yet it's really... um it's transformed to be very Christian. Right. And, and they say that it's not Christian, but it's like, it's definitely, um, that's really what it's transformed to be. And, you know, so the interesting thing, and I think we actually, we talked back and forth about this was that Bill W created the steps after he did acid. It was gifted to him during an acid trip. He was one of the first people that was ever put under medical induced acid when they were studying it. Um, way back in the day. And so he was gifted these 12 steps and, and this path of spiritual enlightenment and awakening, if you will. And initially the goal was going to be that everybody would have this spiritual experience, this experience with acid and then follow the steps. And I 100% agree with you that there is some really good stuff there. It's just, of course, our human mind and perception, especially throughout what the last 50 years since it was you know, created it's just been skewed, right? It's the game of telephone over and over and over again. And each person has their own individual perspective of it. And they really try to make things be one size fits all. And what most people don't realize is that back in the day, meditation was the key 
cornerstone in AA and NA was they started every group off with a group meditation. Some meetings were just meditation, but it was all about just developing your own sense of spiritual connection to yourself and, and to whatever you claim to be God, but just like working with, working with that higher power, that higher aspect to create a life that you can be proud of and, and relationships you can be proud of. Yeah, I definitely agree with with that. Um, I don't know. I kind of got lost in thought when you were talking about, yeah. <laughs> about about what you were saying, so I totally forgot what I was going to say. So I guess it wasn't that important. Um, <laughs> and that happens. I, I get going. I, I get it, going. <laughs> no, it, it's totally good. It'll come back to me. I swear. So um, I do. I do have questions. So you you obviously tried NA or AA for yourself. Um, what did you find in it that you, when you knew like, Hey, this isn't for me. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I did all of that for a while. Um, I went to probably, I think 12 different traditional treatment programs that all obviously had AA and NA as a part of it. Um, I can tell you, I knew from the beginning, like, you know how you can like say part of me doesn't part of me doesn't right. There was a huge part of me from the beginning that, knew that this wasn't the truth and like the full truth. Right. And, and there's definitely truth in it, but like, I just remember sitting in treatment centers and the way that they'd be talking about stuff, my clear cognizance, like this inner knowing would be like, that's bullshit though. I don't just, that's fucking bullshit. And, and I'd sit there in the way that they would try to convince us to help ourselves by uh, like, okay. Like one of the, one of the common things was they'd be like, look to your left. Now look to your right. Only one of you is going to make it. And I'm like, I'd sit there and be like, are you out of your mind? Like, I already feel at this point, like I am the scum of the earth, the lowest of the low. What in God's name is going to make me think that I'm the one worth saving in this moment? You know what I mean? At that point, it would be like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to die, you know? Yeah, that's a big turnoff. Yeah. A huge turnoff. And so I think, um, for me, um, I, I don't know, like, I just knew that I was just going to do it for a little while. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I figured, you know, what's the harm in like not smoking weed for 90 days that, that was, yeah, right. I was going to go right. to days. I ended up going 43 days. That's um, awesome. And I still haven't drank. That was the whole Good reason job. is I don't want to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So I kept telling my sponsor, I said, you know, I'm having a huge issue with this whole thing of, of you in your book telling me yeah. like that I don't have control. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I fucking have control. That's bullshit. And yeah. then, so he was like, all right, this is what I want you to do right on your calendar. Cause I have a calendar that I look at every morning mm-hmm. he said, right on your calendar. And I want you to repeat this. I, ha- uh, I have been defeated. I surrender. And that'll help you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. and I did that for like four days. And I was like, I don't want to fucking say that shit. Like, right. Fuck this. And then I quit and I was mad that I, and I was, and uh, my buddy who I live with, he was like, Hey, we're going to a pool party in a, and I was like, no, dude, fucking a, I'm not going like, I don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with it. I shouldn't have come off like angry, but I, I was just in that heat of the moment. I erased off the board, what he had told me to say. And now it says you are in control of your fate. Good for you, brother. That's exactly it. Thank you. It's so self-defeating and it, it 
it I, and like I said, I, if it works for people, then like, amen, go for it. I'm glad that it works for you. But I had very similar thing with, with the fact that I was told I had to wake up every morning and tell myself that I'm an addict. I was like, no, I don't believe that. You know, when they told me I was going to be, I was going to suffer with this for the rest of my life, that this was going to be an issue for the rest of my life. I was like, no, like if that's the case, then let me just live hard and die young. You know, like I don't, I don't want that, you know? And, and especially when they would tell me that, like you said, I have no control over anything, right? They were like, you know, because you had a problem with heroin, you can't drink, you can't do this. And I was like, that I, that's not true. Like I, I, you know, I've never had a problem with any of those other things. And none of those other things have ever made me want to do heroin. It was only when I was trying to be sober rather than trying to be free. When I changed my goal from sobriety to freedom, I was able to regain that sense of control over myself, right? I surrendered to the fact that I'm not going to have a free relationship with heroin, right? That's not going to work. I have since been able to be prescribed to opiates for surgeries and took them as prescribed because I no longer have anything I'm I don't, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. Right. Like if I, you know, if I, like I said, if I, you know, you know, when I needed it for a surgery and I took it, I I didn't, I, yeah, like I said, it, it did, it did its job, right? Like it helped me with the pain from the surgery, but I had no desire to keep taking it or even like, abuse it you know I just like there's nothing that I was running from and that's really the thing is understanding the reasoning why we're choosing these things and why they resonate with us and once we can get to that core we can we can heal that we can solve that I'm so glad that you say that because it's it's almost like um you were able to take that part of you mm-hmm. and and figure out what it was and be like this this doesn't fit me anymore and just, yes, exactly. just let that part of you go right yeah and, and so like I have um, a family friend and she is I want to say early 70s late 60s and mm-hmm. she goes to AA meetings like multiple a week and her whole yeah. thing is is I refuse to let alcohol run my life and I'm like but you go to fucking meetings <laughs> three i'm like that's running exactly life like that i don't want to that that's not me like i'm exactly i don't care and and you said something good in expanding minds like if the idea of living in one of these programs uh is and dying (laughs) is worse to you than doing the drug itself and dying or living and i was like oh my god yes that resonates yes and that was exactly it so that's what So I finally got to the point where I had to trust this inner knowing that I had. I knew that there was this path that was calling me and I knew I, they could be right. Quote unquote, they could be right. This could just lead me down the path of death. But like you said, at that point, if my options were have to live my life in one of these 12 step programs every day, calling myself an addict every day, telling myself how broken I am every day. If those were my choices, I would take death over that. Right. I was like, like I said, that I'm going to live fast and die young. But fortunately, I wasn't wrong, right? At least for myself. Again, everybody's got, you know, there are so many people that are so determined to be broken. If they're not broken, then they don't have an excuse for all of the shitty ways that they act and behave. They need there to be a diagnosis. There needs to be a disease there. And if that's how they want to live their life, then like, who am I to stop them? Like, by all means, if that makes you feel powerful, 
go for it. Right. But that wasn't me, you know, like I knew I wasn't broken. I knew it made perfect sense with everything I had gone through in my life that I was addicted to heroin. Anybody else who had gone through the stuff I went through would be in the same boat. So I'm not weird for that. I love it. I love it. And uh, it's so funny that you bring up those people because everybody has those people in their lives, or at least they mm-hmm. used to, that's like not happy unless they're unhappy. Yes. Um, it's so funny when you said that. I was, it reminded me of that line. It's an AFI song, an old school punk band from yeah, yeah. California. And they have a song, and then they said, it says, you're not happy unless you're unhappy. And it's like, yep. you said that. I was like, I've, I've made a good effort to cut all those people out of my life. That's huge. That in and of itself is huge. Taking steps like that. Like, and that's the thing is I feel like traditional 12 steps put so much focus and emphasis on the substance. Right. Um, and that's, what's ridiculous to me. I mean, how many people do, you know, and you might be included, you know, that, that are addicted to their cell phone. And it's like the minute there's a pause or an uncomfortable feeling, they have to pick up their phone, right? That is the same principle. That's the same mechanism that's happening with a substance, you know? So so my kind of thought was like, how dare you people tell me that my brain is broken and different because I pick something that is very obviously going to make you feel good <laughs> and addicting, you know what I mean? Like it's heroin for quite a while. So- we can we can kind of segue that into my next question for you. And it was uh, something that I had said to somebody else in a because you're supposed to call five people every day. Right. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that I'm not happy about. And I was like, I, I don't like most of these people. <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. So I told one of them, I was like, yo, I think I'm going to go like a psychedelic route. I've been hearing a lot about it. And this was before I met Brandon and knew about you. Oh, cool. And I told her, actually, I told two of these people this, but uh, the girl, um, she was like, why? And I was like, I was like, I just, she was like, why are you going to quit? And I said, I'm going to do the psychedelic program because I totally feel like everybody in our NA group is just an NPC. And she was like, yes. Oh my God. You know what NPC is? I thought I was the only one in there. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not a fucking sheep. Like I'm not yeah. an NPC. So yeah. Like, yeah. And you bring up the cell phone things and, you know, I can't, I'm guilty of it myself, but I'm promoting my show on there. A lot of my life is on my phone. Sucks. Totally. But what do you feel about NPCs? Like, is there, is that, is there any legitimacy to that? Are they? Yes. Yes. That's so real. Um, yeah, that's so real. And and coming to that understanding helped me so much because I am somebody who wants to help everybody. Like, like, and truly, honestly, and love it and enjoy it, you know? Um, so, you know, I at first kind of felt a little off about calling people NPCs because because that's the thing is like, yeah, they're non-player characters, right? Like they're not not source. They're equally a part of source and spirit and a part of, you know, all of this. They're equally a part of me, right? Like I'm grateful that in this lifetime, I'm not playing that role. But the thing is, is in order to really love people for who they are, you have to honor their role. You have to stop, you know? And yeah, I would completely agree. I think 50% of the population isn't real, if not more than that. Like just in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's so scary because there's just like obvious things that's like grade A conspiracy level stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working with like, I'm trying to get in like to the XYZ area, area, yeah, yeah. what this is like, because when I was little, the question used to keep me up 
and it still does. I mean, I'm 42 years old and this is what kept me up my entire life from as long as I can remember is how is there anything at all? Would it is just like a question that I'll never figure out probably, mm-hmm. but yeah. So now that I've been older, I I've been asking myself, what is my purpose here? Like what, you know, like I see things that are going on and I've noticed I started noticing stuff a a long time ago. Like I was a flat earther before it was like known thing to be a flat earther, like type of person. And now I see so many people waking up and um, not just like to the obvious stuff, like don't take the jibby jab because, you know, it's part of an evil agenda, but like, there's way more to this experience than what we're being told. Like, what, what do you feel is happening? Because it feels like there is a great awakening going on. Are we like coming to are we coming to like a pinnacle of something? We're definitely heading somewhere. And so, you know, that's a, that's like a, an interesting fully loaded question. And I'll definitely get you. Cause the thing is, is I have some, I have some understandings of it, but like you said, it's one of those things that will forever elude me and you because it's meant to. So one of the biggest things I've come to know is the more I think I know, the less I know. So I'm open. I have theories. I have visions. I see it so much um, come to me in, in, in images that are really difficult to describe. What I do know is that Earth plays a more important role in our solar system and in our galaxy than we're led to believe. Um, I really do think it is like a school. And I do believe that this reality is held together by duality, by the opposite poles, right? And so I really think that kind of like samsara, like different Buddhist beliefs, essentially that like spirit source, the energy that gives us life animates us all, right? That created this very obvious plan with these incredible synchronicities and and, you know, and turns of fate in just different things. So this omnipresent, omniperfect being cannot know itself as bliss or, you know, a joy as perfection. It cannot know itself as perfection because it doesn't have any contrast. So I feel like humans volunteered to come here on Earth and incarnate in a dualistic planet that has positive and negative poles which is what is holding reality together, right? So many people think we're going to leave the the third dimension, but that is death, right? Like third dimension is our physical reality, right? But when we can can be able to hold more than one perspective in our mind at a time, right? Like saying, you have this belief and I have this belief and they're opposite, but they're both true, right? When we can hold more than one perspective in our mind at the same time, now pain isn't suffering right now we can we can experience pain in order for god to experience its own perfection which we are an aspect of but because we are no longer in judgment of this pain we don't need to suffer we can witness it right animals experience pain in a much different way because they're not judging it they just allow the experience to happen we create suffering when we start thinking we know better we start judging it we start picking it apart what can i fix what can i change why doesn't it look like that and that's what creates this snowball effect where if we can experience something like, okay, you know, this sucks, this hurts. I don't necessarily like this, but 
you know, one of my favorite affirmations is I honor the light in these feelings. And so when I start feeling something I don't really like, rather than trying to go in my head and judge it and fix it and label it or whatever the thing is, I just like take a deep breath and I go, okay, I honor the light in these feelings. Like I honor this, not my favorite, but I honor it. When we do that, these painful moments pass through us so much faster. Like we're not holding on to it. And I know that the sun is a part of that. Like, so not only our sun, but the serious sun, which is known as like the central sun, which is in Orion's belt, um, you know, are activating our cell, right? So our, our DNA. So as we know, there is something called junk DNA, right? Well, tell me in what world did God create something that's just junk? Oh yeah, here's some extra DNA, but like you don't actually use it, right? So I believe that, um, you know, to kind of go into conspiracy theories as well, certain things like 5G radiation, um, different things from the jab, like all that different stuff. While yes, for some people, this is going to interfere with them toxically. This is going to be their exit point. This is going to be when their mission here has been served. For others, I see it working more like, and this is this can kind of sound cinematic in a stretch, but just like the way um, radiation works in comic books, right? For other people, this intense manipulation of our bodies, um, not only, like I said, through the sun, but through these other chemicals and stuff, is going to force us to evolve. And that is going to activate our DNA. So while it's like, I believe all of those negative, scary, whatever things can also be true too, I also see how the more any higher power does to limit this process of human evolution, the more they invoke it, the more people wake up. So it's like nothing anybody can really do to stop it. So the sooner we can just get on board with witnessing it, like the more I've just focused on creating my own little slice of heaven, um, the cooler things get, the more magic things become. Because I just was like, well, my job is just to be here and witness the craziest thing that's probably happened on the planet so far. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great way, uh, perspective to look at it. Um, you know, um, I just recently, uh, gained a new co-host. He's not with us today, but, mm -hmm. uh, his belief is that, yeah, we're here, we're here, we're a part of source and we're experiencing it for the source. And then we bring it back to source when we leave this experience. And I, and I was like, dude, that is awesome way to look at it. Um, and I, I also believe there's way more than one source. And so I'm going to bring this into the idea that we have a fake sun right now. And <laughs> mm, okay. And um, what I believe planets are, because obviously I, you heard me say earlier, flat Earth. So I believe that we yeah. live, I believe that we live on a hollow flat plane that we, we don't know if it could be goes on for infinity or what, like, I don't know right. what it is. I just know that for my experience here, it is flat. And what I can observe is it's flat and there's evidence proving that there's hollow, there's stuff going yeah. on the ground. Right? Yeah, right. So that's what I believe. And everybody's like, well, then look at the planets and they're round and everything like that. And I say, well, first off, you don't, um, you don't look at the shape of the light bulb, to tell me what the shape of your floor is like that's just right right so i believe that planets are actually um gods creators um spirits whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it um I, that's what i believe planets are that are out past the firmament and they're here observing um what what's going on here that's yeah. what i believe and the stars as well 
And so then brings me to this. A lot of weird things have been happening ever since. Well, ever since CERN turned on, a lot yeah. of weird stuff is happening, especially in the sky. And there was a video of sunflowers that were purposely facing away from the sun. And that is unheard of. And, yeah. and so this is a recent video that just like st it started becoming popular and making its rounds. Now there's other videos of the same thing phenomenon happening. And Bill Gates said he wanted to block out the sun. And we know that China was able to recreate at least a fake sun for a short period of time. What are your thoughts on that? Wow, that's brilliant. Um, I mean, just like, yeah, just I mean, I definitely vibe with everything you're saying like i said that's totally in the realm of possibilities in my mind you know what i mean because at this point all i know for certain is that everything we think we know is a lie right and so like what the truth is is up like i'm i love all of the different ways people perceive it and i'm one of those people that's fortunate enough to be very curious about other people's beliefs rather than like I don't get triggered or mad. I'm like fascinated. So that is super fascinating. And I, like I said, I wouldn't put it past any of them, you know, like, especially because it's like time isn't real. So there's so many things like, like, you know, the theory that like the earth already ended and now we're just in the holographic version of it. like so many things. Like I said, I wouldn't put it past any of them. And I'm definitely curious to see these sunflower things because that's, that's incredible. Oh yeah, I'll, def I'll have to send you the link when, yeah. when we get off of here because it is mind blowing. Because you know, if I don't know if you know, but it's kind oh, of yeah. a common thing. Like sunflowers always face the sun. That's why they're my favorite flower. Flowers. Yeah, yeah. And it's just uh, very curious that we're starting to see all these weird things happen. A massive awakening, like a massive awakening. And people mm -hmm. that I thought would be NPCs forever are actually asking me some questions and i'm like yeah oh what is going on here yes yes yeah i can totally relate that has been really cool because i definitely you know we're like 2020 was a really hard year for most people for me it was when things started to get fun you know what i mean like when i finally met other like-minded people who are also having these different experiences and um and it's just been nothing but cool ever since just being able to feel not so alone and not even that, it feels like we are slowly turning into the majority because there's so many people that feel these ways, but still won't talk about them just because they're getting their confidence and their footing and, and really want to, you know, trust themselves where I feel like you and me were given a mission and we had to speak about these things and kind of be like on the front lines of that. Yeah, definitely. And, and and people will give me shit still to this day uh, for being a flat earther, but then I'll also get messages like, Yo, I, I totally agree with everything you say. Like, I just yeah. I can't talk about it. And, and yep. for the record, people, just because I am a flat earther does not mean that I don't believe we live in some sort of a realm. Like, I just, I, it's like, if you want to say it, like, it's like a, a matrix, a simulated flat, hollow realm. <laughs> I don't, totally. I don't know. Like, well, I do believe the in table? the inner earth. Yeah, inner earth. Totally. That's, that's like, such a thing. Yeah. And that could be, just a perception too, like what is consciousness like seriously right. and is it something that can be harnessed because now we have this like oh my gosh i just had this lady on yesterday talking about this thing called 2045 and you look at it and it's this real website where they're trying to harness people's and supposedly they've been successful where they harness your consciousness and can transfer in it into an avatar wow well and that would make sense because 
you know, I, I do a lot of times, especially with things that I've seen, believe that these higher up, these elites are all clones and avatars, you know? So part of me thinks like too, because I feel like they've had so much technology, like they have a cure for cancer. They have, I mean, they know how to, you know, not that I don't, I think it's silly when humans think it's our job to save the planet. Like, like you're not also fucking nature and like nature couldn't wipe you out in two seconds if you really were like this, this spurge on the planet, you know? Um, so I think that's just like a funny thing that humans do, but I know that we have the technology to fix a lot of the problems that, you know, we seemingly have. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that isn't going to, you know, help us or help them keep us in fear. And then also I feel like, you know, so I feel like a lot of these things are going to be like leaked as far as like technologies that they have, but really they've had them since like the fucking Roswell landing. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Or even yeah. before that too. Yeah. Right. I don't know yeah. if you've looked into like hidden history or like Tartaria or um, like the world fairs and stuff, but like we had free energy, like, no, totally, yeah. to, like totally light up the whole entire world and they could heal you with healing frequencies and healing yes. like you would walk into these big cathedrals and you look at them now and it's not it's not just like some crazy art that they put on the wall like everything is strategically placed and in yeah. a specific shape for a reason and a lot of these mm -hmm. places like we're healing which is awesome um like the organs that they would have in churches is tuned to the right purpose of healing and stuff yeah. like that, that they don't want us knowing and now that we're mm -hmm. having like this huge awakening people are finding out about this the free energy right. that we had um the spiritualness of of this place this yeah. beautiful place that we've been mm -hmm. lied to and just have this fabricated worker bee mentality just consume 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 yeah once you can pull yourself out of that matrix the world is beautiful and it really is yes and I will say that I, I do get angry, you know, like there are days when I'll be like, maybe Bill Gates is right. Damn it. Maybe we should get rid of half of these fucking people. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. I totally said the same Why thing. is that person like wearing that. a mask in their car like yes. three years later? Yes, I know. Oh, man. God love them. I know. I just like I said, I really do try um because i'm not you know what i mean like first of all i don't i'm like i'm not a new age or two like oh love and light you know what i mean um first of all i do believe all is love and light but love being the energy that it like the energy that moves us all and light being truth right so not the way that other people see it i'm a shadow worker if anything where like i hold space for the darkest aspects of humanity with like grace and compassion and understanding um I've lived some really, uh, just to say, intense past life experiences. I've had downloaded into me of some well-known supervillains throughout history. Oh, uh, wow. So I just tend to understand. Yeah, spirit really wanted me to understand the purpose, I guess, of pain, of suffering, of some of these negative things that have happened in life to try to help other people. Because really what I see today, especially with that new age bullshit, is the demonization of the negative experience of the pain, the demonization of which is the feminine energy. And the funny part is it's usually people that are screaming, fight the patriarchy that are demonizing the feminine energy, which is the negative energy, right? But because they don't understand things as energy, they're doing the exact opposite of what they think they're doing. So it can absolutely be maddening because you just want to shake people. But like you said, once I was like, okay, they're NPCs. That made it so much easier for me to detach and not care 
you know, which is where my feet like, because otherwise I was giving my power away over and over again, like being pissed off or annoyed at this stuff, you know? So once I was like, ah, you ain't even, you're just not even, you're just a part of the simulation. Then it helped me to just accept them for where they're at. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, have you ever heard the, have you ever seen your neighbors bring in their groceries theory? Yeah. And we haven't, me and my boyfriend talk about this all the freaking time. Like, and I was like, <laughs> there's no way. And like, I'm sitting here like trying to really dig up a memory, but I mean, I know my one neighbors can't be real. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know how to describe the work. They are constantly doing work on their house and I don't understand like what they could even be working on still. And, and like, it's so interesting. Like if you look at their house from the back, there's all of these like roofs. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's mind blowing. I don't even understand. <laughs> so I was like, I know. Right. Gonna, I think they're straight up aliens. I don't know if they're NPCs even. I think they're like, sometimes I think they're like aliens here, like watching over us because they're like, there's like the NPC ones that are like, da -da 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 -da, Monday, like, you know what I mean? Where they're so kooky. I'm like, no, you're something else. <laughs> what do you what do you think about aliens so i definitely was i grew up in, with the traditional sense of aliens from outer space like because my yep. grandma worked for jpl which is a branch of nasa yeah and, very cool and, and so like i always grew up like totally into space and then the movie fire in the sky came out and i grew up in the mountains so like Ooh. it totally looked like the movie the scenery in the movie looked like where i live yeah and and then I was like totally freaked out by aliens. It, I was obsessively freaked out by them. Like I would read books purposely to scare myself. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and now that I'm older and I understand where we, this world a lot more, I believe that they're interdimensional beings. And I believe that yep. so many different species of interdimensional beings that live amongst us and um, cryptids and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, with for you to say that your neighbors like are totally like, whatever they could be, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Totally. <laughs> I definitely yeah. agree with that. And I believe that we interact with those as well every day. Yeah. 100%. I know I'm some sort of hybrid, like, cause I've always known that I like, I like we were talking about like, like questions that used to haunt you as a kid. My question was, am I real? Because like, I couldn't tell, like, I thought I must live on the other side of a mirror from everybody. Like I always was like, am I even real? Are they real? Like that was the, like, I couldn't tell because of course at that time I couldn't hold two perspectives in my mind at the same time. Right. Cause I'm like little. So I was like, well, either they're real or I'm real, but I don't think it can be the same thing. Um, but yeah. And I, I've just had enough really wild experiences um, that yeah, with just different light beings coming to me and just different things. I've like woke up in like a starship before, but like woke up, and then realized I was awake and went back to sleep real quick and then woke up in my bed. And so like, and so I definitely, you know, I know that in this lifetime right now I am human and my job is to be as human as possible while combining my own, like I said, I, yeah, I, I'm for sure. I will own that. I am probably not from this planet for the most part. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, that's something that Christians will say too. You know, they have those yeah. bumper stickers that say not of this world, but um, yeah. So I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with almost any aspect of spirituality. Like I'm not one that subscribes to the general um, uh, religion uh, aspect. I grew up with um, my parents were like on again, off again, Jehovah's Witnesses. And then okay. after, after I graduated high school, they went like full blown into it. And then my little brother too. 
and then like blood is sacred to them however like to the point where my mom would not get a blood transfusion to save her life oh uh, wow but actually against odds actually survived the surgery um without a blood transfusion and then as soon as this uh jabberwocky comes out for the co fake 19 thing yeah yeah uh, they run out and get it immediately, even after I told them what's in it and that it changes their DNA. And if blood is sacred, then you're totally going against God right now. And you're worshiping yeah. TV, not you're not worshiping the God that you say you worship. And, right. and they cut me off. Like I have not talked to my parents in almost two years. Maybe it's been about two years now. Wow. That's got to be hard. Brother and I mean sister as well. <laughs> yes. Oh man, brother. I feel for you so hard. I got really fortunate that what had happened was I was talking to my family about all of this stuff four years before 2020 happened and kind of warning them. And of course, like, and, and I'm, my uncle and dad, especially my mom was the only one that would like, listen to me because we, I mean, we went through some crazy experiences together too, where like I was speaking in tongues and her phone translated it. And it said, love, 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 listen to the song. And so like we had these experiences where she like knew I wasn't full of shit. Like something's fucking happening. Um, well, but you can't just skim over that. Like that's not <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, as I'm like saying it, I'm like, wait, this is a whole backstory. Okay. So we'll get there. Two seconds. So essentially, because I was talking to them about that four years ago, when 2020 happened, they kind of were like, if somebody would have told me four years ago that this was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed them. And I was like, I know because I told you this was going to happen. And then it kind of like dawned on them. So since then, they've really like actually listened to what I have to say. But yeah, I had um, a lot of really crazy out of body experiences where I learned like I understand that it was like experiences that taught me how like not 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 real how malleable this reality is right like i've had several experiences that one in particular i was talking about where i was speaking in tongues um i actually had like a like an nde um essentially a few days before where i um I, 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 like it happened spontaneously and what happened was all of a sudden my whole body lit up it felt like i had an orgasm but like bigger than that. That's just the best way to put it. It was like inside and outside my body. It was just pure bliss. And I'm like, Oh, you took one of the original blue dolphin ecstasy pills. Yeah. The right? original double stacked. <laughs> like that's, I know what you're talking about. I <laughs> think I had, I think I had one of those back in the day. I think I had one of those actually. Cause I was like a club kid back in the day too. That's, but, um, that's how I used to describe uh, that well ecstasy in general to people that have never taken it i said yeah it's like the in orgasm for eight hours but like without the sexual part of it if that makes right sense. which <laughs> um, is really yeah that's a really good way to describe it because that really is yeah this one so i had taken acid the day before but that weird thing was that like the acid wasn't affecting me so i of course in my spiritual ego mind was like i've ascended i'm gandhi i'm the buddha you know like <laughs> yes so, this, so essentially essentially what happened in this instance was the death of my spiritual ego which was like so i i said so all of a sudden i i like am like seeing everything past present future all at one time and i'm sobbing in ecstasy and just like it is so beautiful thank you so much it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and that my partner that i was with at the time um, got really jealous 
and started to like walk away from me. And in that moment, I felt so alone. It was like the first trigger I've ever, it was like, it triggered something. I don't understand. Got jealous. uh, Got jealous jealous of my experience of what was happening. Because he wasn't the one providing it or what? I don't. Well, I think because he wasn't the one experiencing it. So at this point. And this wasn't induced by anything. So the acid you got the day before was bunk or something. And no, it was the acid we got the day before we had had before. And it was good acid. It just wasn't working for some reason. Okay. So. You know, so there's this theory that like if the Buddha did acid, he would experience nothing because he's already in that state of consciousness. Right. So, again, that's where I thought I was. I was just on cloud nine thinking I was like the spiritual master, like I had ascended <laughs> all evil, you know. And so awesome. I love this. Story. <laughs> yeah. So I was like so in that space, you know, and so I was definitely I was very ungrounded. I was definitely like I said, I was in my spiritual ego at the time. The person I was with, I thought was my twin flame, right? So I had this super crazy attachment to him. And when I started sobbing and, and I'm just crying and I'm, and he was really into all the spiritual stuff, right? So he like was a new ager. So for him, the fact that I was newer to all of this and I was experiencing this made him mad, right? Because it wasn't okay, happening to him. You. Yeah. So he got super pissed. And when he got pissed, I immediately knew he wasn't my twin flame. This whole, it was like, and it was like the rug got pulled up from underneath me, but in a way that felt much bigger than what was actually happening in that moment. Right. It was like, it was like, I came to, I, I came to understand my singularity, my aloneness within this universe of, of being one, right? Like, so we're not alone because we're all alone in our, or we're all together in our aloneness, right? But yes. in that moment, it's like I came face to face with my own singularity. It was like, oh, nobody else is in this reality but me. And it was so devastating all of a sudden everything switched and it felt like all of the energy was being sucked out of me like a vacuum. And I was like shriveling up on the floor and like screaming. And at that point he was like, whoa, 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 something's going on here. So he like picked me up and brought me inside. And, and I'm like gasping for air and gasping for air. And so he's trying to help me breathe again. But inside I was talking to God, like I was talking to spirit and spirit was like, okay, um, you're going to die now. Like you need to let go. Just trust me. I'll be on the other side. And at that point, like I said, I was in full, I was in such a spiritual ego space where I was like, okay. And I'd never like was afraid of death. So I let go. And I, um, I remember coming out through like the other side of a black hole. Like, so first I came out into absolute nothingness and it was just nothing. And then what happened? Yourself? Yeah. Yep. So then I could see what was going on below. So first I went to the nothingness, the void space. Then the next space that I entered was like the realm of light, if I'll call it like so. And this is where I could see myself um, and watch me. So I stopped breathing for like seven minutes. And then finally, I re-upload it, like I reanimate it back into my body. And so that part I was switching between all three of the spaces. I would be in my body going through that, watching it happen in the void space. And I'm going through all three spaces at the same time. And meanwhile, my body in their reality 
was moving at speeds that they said wasn't even humanly possible. Like it didn't make sense. And I was speaking in tongues and I was dancing and I was moving around. Like I ate a beat about this. They gave me a beat thinking it would ground me, I guess. So I ate a beat that was this big in two seconds. It was like, like it didn't even, like I said, didn't even logically make sense. And I chugged a gallon of orange juice this big. Again, they're just trying to like ground me. Um, yeah, in like two seconds. So that's insane. And, so I don't know if yeah. you if you if you understood my question because I don't know yeah. if it came off right. Yeah. When you were not, I don't I don't mean were you able to look down and see your physical okay. body when you were in this experience? Were you able to like see oh, no. yourself like no. you, you look down and see your body? Nope. Yep. Yeah, no, I could not see myself like that. No, no, I was, um, unless I was at the portion where I was in my body, like I said, I would switch between all three things, but no, I couldn't see a body. I couldn't move around like a, so I, you were I was, purely experiencing there was yes, no yes. physical yeah. control, no physical control. Yeah, no. Yeah. None at all. Um, yeah, none at all. And so spirit has taken me through many different experiences where, um, I've had to discover that I'm like a physical medium and how little control we actually have over anything other than our perspective. But this was definitely the first one. So that all happened. And um, essentially I was, I lived, this is when I, so after I came back into my body, I decided I needed to be homeless that like, so I chose to be homeless and like walk with other homeless people and like just talk with them. And I wanted to, really proved to myself that I was always taken care of and that the universe would always provide for me. And, and it really was a very magical then like two years of my life. But so during this time, however, my parents hadn't heard from me. And so of course, in their mind, they think that I am back on the streets, like doing heroin, even though I'd been clean for two years. So my mom flew out to San Francisco you know, she did not think she'd actually find me, but very magically found me in this whole other synchronistic way. Like it was so fucking weird. <laughs> like, so she finds me and I, again, didn't really understand that we were in a different reality. I thought she knew what had happened. And um, so she was like, I need you to come home with me. And I was like, okay, but I'm not thinking she means like home, home. You're like, mom, why are you at Amoeba? <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously. I was like, what is going on? I thought we were going to Mount Shasta because that's like home. Like, anyway, so I didn't understand. So when I am in the car with her, I start like coming to again. Like I start coming back to, and and realize that she's like taking me out of this magical experience that I'm in. And so it started to happen again. So I'm in the back of my this car that my aunt uncle uh, or that my mom and uncle rented. And I'm Once flopping again, around like a fish. There's no, there's no um, drugs or psychedelics. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, no drugs or psychedelics at this point. Yeah, no, that was at this point, uh, the acid was a few days away. That was, yeah, that was a while ago. So I am just in the back of this car, and it was like I started, it's like I glitched again, like, <clears throat> or I like started to leave my body, or I don't know if I was being re uploaded into this new reality then. I don't necessarily know the purpose of it, but. I was like flapping around in the back of the car, like almost like I'm having a seizure. And again, I, I'm speaking in tongues. And okay. so my uncle wanted to take me to a mental hospital, of course. Um, and they were about to, they were about to take me to a hospital when my mom's iPhone stopped and suddenly said that it was translating. And it said, love, 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 listen to the song. 
And so my mom realized in that moment that what was happening was like cosmic in spirit. And she was like, wait, never mind. Like, we can't take her here. And once she like said that, I felt safe and I passed out and I passed out for like three days and woke up back in Wisconsin. And, you know, first thing I tried to do was get back out to California because I wanted to try to like, I was like, ah, I was on a mission. I was like doing something here. I don't know what the fuck I was doing, um, <laughs> but, yeah, but I need to get back there. So yeah, so that was like the first time that happened, but um, it's happened in different ways. That is so insane. So, it, yeah. like, so something was helping you communicate because your yeah. Siri isn't just going to be like, okay, we're going to translate this out of nowhere. So like totally. obviously there was another being or force or something there that was like, we need to translate this to her. And yeah, that, I'm, yeah, yeah. that's so awesome. Like, it, this <laughs> world is so much more cool than we're led to believe. It really is. So so cool. It's so, so cool. I find it very fascinating that you wanted to go be homeless for a while. And I don't, I don't know if San Francisco is the place I would have picked. It's so <laughs> cold and just gross, but I, I lived there for a year and I couldn't take it anymore. But, um, <clears throat> but I have a goal. And so since the podcast is starting to like pick up a, a little bit more speed, um, I'm trying to like think of something cool but i've always i've been wanting to get off the grid and get out of out of california yeah so i decided this is what i'm going to do is i'm going to get a van or an rv and mm -hmm. i'm going to turn it into a mobile podcast studio that i actually yeah. live in i don't know for how long maybe a year maybe two or something but that's the goal and i don't know why but i just feel a calling to do it and i'm just gonna yeah. like, drive around go to the, like these cool paranormal places or like conspiracy birth cities and then interview like people that i would normally interview like you like a year from now it wouldn't have been like hey let's do this over zoom and be like okay give me an address and just uh you know come out in your pjs or whatever i love that idea that's brilliant and you're not alone with that inspiration so i did do the homeless thing which was beautiful and there was so many lessons to be gained there but um, it's, it's really difficult to take in the beauty of the Redwoods when you're in survival mode, right? So now with my partner who is, who is meant to be my partner, right, in, in this life, we actually got, we just recently got a 76 Dodge Caravan. Like it's, so it's like a little bit bigger than a van, but a little bit smaller than an RV. And I, I definitely want to do like a similar thing. My goal is to get my business to the point where it's like, you know, running on two wheels and it's like doing, doing its thing. And I don't really have to worry about it as much. Um, and then, yeah. And be able to actually like take the time to visit cool places and enjoy the beauty of this country and meet cool people. So that's, that's really cool. We'll definitely cross paths in our travels. Yeah. That would be awesome. We could do like yeah. the RV podcast swap or something like that. I'm going to yeah. do a lot of video stuff too. Like I'm going to document like everything that I do. And, Absolutely. And it, I, I think it's going to be like really fun. I think I'm going to call it the conspiracy caravan. I love that. I love that you <laughs> called it a caravan too. Cause I like it. Cause that's why I call, I call mine a caravan just because I, I, well, I think, isn't that like British, but I just, I like something a little bit different. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All, the, all the signs. Beautiful. It, it flows good. And it's, and yeah. I if it's more than one person, it's a caravan and my dogs yeah. be with me. So that counts, right? <laughs> that does totally count. What's your dog's name? Katana. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I've got, I'll have Veda with me so they can be homies too. Heck yes. I love it. Yes. Love it. That's awesome. So, Very cool. um, 
let's get back to um, some other stuff before I let you go here. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to let you plug your stuff, but I'm curious. So you kind of have my backstory. Where do you think I should go from here? Like I said, uh, through some mm. sponsorship help, I'm getting some uh, microdosing in mushrooms, but I know that I can't just take these and yep. and just be like, okay, I'm good to go now. Like I need to talk to somebody like you or something like that, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, because really support and fellowship is huge. Um, what I'm what I'm actively trying to create right now is uh, our own fellowship, right? I think that people like us who don't fall in line or or see the same way as the AANA people, we deserve to have fellowship too. And thus far, there isn't one created. So, um, like I said, right now I am a, you know a psychedelic integration coach, but I I, I did create my own twelve steps because. I do, I, if I had to create a formula, you know, like this would be it. And it's definitely cool because I'm connecting with other people who, um, yeah, who are like-minded in that way. So I definitely would say, let's for sure stay in touch. Um, I have lots of different tips and tricks. Um, even if you don't necessarily feel like you need something as intensive as weekly coaching, right? Um, just have somebody to like check in with. Uh, I definitely send people with homework, breathwork, breathwork breath work. And, um, you know, I will tell you, I have been able to achieve similar psychedelic spaces with breath work as I have with some, like, like with DMT, right? Like, um, it really is incredible. And when we are, cause all of, all of us who think differently, like mystics, we're, we are fucking mystics. So all of our energy exists up here in these higher chakras and the higher dimensions in the higher concepts. And we run into trouble because we don't know how to call that energy down into our body. So that feeling of like loss of control happens when we are keeping all of our energy up here. So different practices that will call that energy down into your body is going to give you a more sense of control, right? So I personally am, am a huge fan of systems rather than rituals, right? So rather than saying, I'm going to do breath work every morning, say I, for a half hour every morning, I'm going to do an embodiment practice, right? Now have a few systems that could be strength training at the gym. That could be going on a sensory walk where you use all of your senses. That could be breath work, but just whatever it is, I dedicate a half hour to body work, right? In the, in the morning and, and starting there. Yeah. And especially like I said, when you combine those things with the microdoses, your life is going to start to change on its own. You don't have to try. Gotcha. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, um, how do people sign up for your program if they want to sign up or is it there yet? Yeah, I appreciate that. So the the community aspect of it is in the works. Um, it's going to be called Soul Recovery. Um, but if they want to get a hold of me for coaching, if they need any more advice on which medicines work for them, if they want to get in touch with the Ibogaine retreat I work with, or if they are interested in alternative recovery coaching to begin with, um, they can find me at harmonyiam.com. Um, so just like I'm in harmony. So harmonyim.com is going to be my website. My my email is harmonyimcoaching at gmail.com. And then you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at cosmic soul underscore guide. 
Well, cool. Well, that's how people get in touch with you. So I was going to ask you to plug your stuff, but you just plugged everything. That was perfect. So (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and put everything that you just said into the show notes so that people will be able to click on it and find you right away. Um, Perfect. I think that you, your TikTok is freaking awesome. Um, I don't know if you get your, it seems like you get your ideas from people that uh, subscribe to your TikTok, right? They'll ask you a question and that's how you decide to do it. So that was one of my questions is how do you decide what to talk about? Because it seems like every time I'm thinking about something, I'm like, oh, I wonder what Amanda has to say about this. Like, and I'm able to scroll through and I'll find almost every time I've been able to find what I want to hear you talk about. So I think that is a great resource for people like me that is like infants and trying to do this whole recovery and self-awareness and help thing. Um, Mm -hmm. for somebody to have that kind of a resource. And I thank you for that. Like, like I I totally don't want to fanboy out on the, in this, but I'm totally fanboying, boying out because your shit is dope. And I'm like, even if you, I didn't have you on the show, I would consider you a friend because I like look through your stuff and I'm like, I totally resonate with things that you're saying. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm so glad that you do resonate. I'm so glad for anybody that is open-minded and I so that's what I do love about TikTok um, is I am so inspired by other people, right? Like, so it's that like my favorite videos are the ones that I can make that are answering people's questions. You know, as much as I get tons of ideas and insights and, and, and downloads, if you will, it's so much better when we're vibing off of each other because it's all about community and relationships. Yeah. And so with that said, I did feel bad because the first thing that I posted of yours, like I downloaded one of your TikTok videos and yes, posted yes. it. And all the Christian warriors were going crazy on you. And I was like, crazy guys, guys, please. This isn't even like the purpose of the video. Like what is, why are you so triggered? And I asked you, I was like, yo, do you want me to take this down? And you were like, no, I love all of it. So wow, this person truly is different and I love it. So appreciate that. Yes, definitely. Go check out her stuff. And uh, guys, if you have questions that I didn't ask, she is from my experience experience very approachable um so please reach out and she's more than happy to help Uh, absolutely as for me i don't have to plug my shit every time because you guys are listening to me you're watching this you know where to Mm -hmm. fucking find me and obviously yes not on spotify anymore they don't like our truth uh we got to keep hanging on where we can so please go subscribe to the patriot podcast network on your roku devices because that is going to help me be able to stay on a platform where I can reach you guys because they're taking us off left and right of everything else. It's crazy and scary. Oh gosh. Um, I'm not going to plug my uh, sponsors this time guys. So, uh, Sorry for the commercial at the end of this. You know what time it is. You know who this is. Catalyst Jones, white rabbit podcast. Keep digging down those rabbit holes. Hey guys. Sorry I'm late. Is this party still happening or what?